In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another day and another night of ghost chronicles i am ron kolik your host the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown the unexplained and the unbelievable new england's own van helsink and with me my very 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 special guest tonight the lighthouse expert uh i guess he's knows everything there is to know about lighthouses and then some none other than the head of uh, L and whatever, uh, <laughs> author, uh, I, I don't know how to, you know, there's, there's so much about wow. Jeremy that I, I really don't, but any further ado, Jeremy Domtremont. Well, it's quite an introduction. Thank you, Ron. Good evening. Good. Yeah, you know, Jer- Jeremy, i tell you, if I hear that Ghostbuster song one more time, you know, <laughs> Last year I did uh, 32 interviews in two weeks when my book came out, uh, Ghost Chronicle. Mm-hmm. And I think all but two of them played that stupid song when they introduced me. Hmm. Maybe somebody should write you an original theme song. What do you think? I do have original theme song, but do you? really cares. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. I want to hear it. What? what? You say you have an original theme song? Yeah, we have the intro. Yeah, you should have a longer song and not play the Ghostbusters song anymore. Whatever. So, anyways, uh, thank you for joining with me today at the day before Thanksgiving. So, uh, I don't know what they call that, Thanksgiving Eve? Uh, Pre-Turkey Day. Pre-Turkey Day. Hey, do you ever hear of a, uh, okay, let me let me see if I can get this right, uh, turducken? Yes, I have. You have? I've heard of it. I haven't eaten it. It sounds pretty bizarre to me. Isn't it like a, what is it, a... a, a Chicken inside a duck inside a turkey or something. Maybe exactly. not. Maybe that's not the right exactly. order. But yeah, what you have to do is you have to take a duck, a chicken, and a turkey into bone them. So you yeah. take all the bones out of it, except for the the wings and the turkey. Because uh, and then you do the stuffing for the. Let me see if I get this. Is the chicken or the duck goes first? I think it's probably the duck because the ducks are small and chickens, right? Uh, depends. Depends on the duck. Depends on the chicken. I would say All right. duck is usually bigger than a chicken, but that's just my. All right. Opinion. So you let's say you, so you do the chicken stuff, and then you you put the chicken meat around the stuffing, and then you do the duck stuffing around that, and then you put the duck around that, and then you do the turkey stuffing around that, and then you put the turkey on that, and you mold it all in, and you shove the leg, the wings on it, so it looks like a turkey, and there you go. 
You sound like you speak from experience. Have you done this yourself? No, I, I was actually uh, was driving, and uh, they were talking about it on the radio, and uh, this woman made a 38-pound turducken for her family. It took 12 hours. A 38-pound turducken? Yeah, well, she had two <laughs> So. That's impressive. Wow. Yeah, twelve hours cooking. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a little strange myself, but that's just me to put a bird inside a bird inside a bird. I have no idea. Whatever people want to do in their own homes. I suppose it's fine. like putting a steak inside a steak inside a steak. Something like that. Or something. Put yeah. buffalo inside a steak. Wait, but here we go. We take buffalo and then the steak and what other meat uh, do we have? That's uh, well, steaks come from cows, I think, usually. But. Yeah, so do buffalo. Buffalo are kind of like cows. Yeah. So, well, you, so you'd make a... Well, Put a pig inside a cow and right, a buffalo? So a there you go, there you go. So you have a boof cow pig. Buffalo pig. I don't know. Cow swine. I don't think we can give much... Uh, I don't know. I think we ought to change the subject. I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> so anyways, uh, you finished off the uh, the season up at Portsmouth Lighthouse. Jeremy is the president of American Lighthouse Foundation and is also the operating director for the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouses, as we are now called. You are correct, sir. Yeah, we uh, just like a week ago voted to change the name of our local chapter here, the American Lighthouse Foundation, and is now Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses, plural, because we take care of a second lighthouse, Whaleback Lighthouse in Kittery, Maine, uh, which is uh, well, very... just really beginning to take care of it. Well, we've owned it for two years now, so... Have we really? Yeah, believe it or not, time does fly. Really? But, uh, yeah, we're working towards a major restoration. It's going to be a big project. So let very me, cool, let me ask, very cool lighthouse. People don't realize what type of money goes into these things. So here we have this lighthouse for two years. And we've How much have we spent on this lighthouse, which needs probably a million dollars worth of renovation? How much have we spent so far for this two years? Um, we have spent, well, we spent $7,000 on a historic structure report, which kind of gives us guidelines for how we're going to restore it. And, you know, a little money here and there. I would say in the neighborhood of 10000 so far altogether, which is, you know, as you say, just, uh, you know, tiny compared to what we're going to be spending. Yeah, that's, that's just to look at it, basically. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now that's, we need to do a, yeah, a part two of that structure report that's going to cost a few more thousand dollars before we can start raising the, the big bucks. And we're talking uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's, you know, any kind of historic preservation is, is difficult and expensive, but... Probably especially lighthouses because they're uh, in such, you know, harsh environments. Right. Yeah. Either people yeah. really like, for instance, the uh, we just had the friends of uh, the uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse painted this past year, and people think, well, you know, how much can it be? You know, it's a cylinder basically, and you just paint it. So, how much was it? Thirty thousand bucks. Holy moly! And, and why was it so expensive? Somebody says I can go get my house painted for a lot less. Yeah, I know we could have done it cheaper, but it wouldn't have been done right. We uh, we had a, a contractor very experienced with historic structures, and they put scaffolding around it and removed all the rust and put primer on and uh, two coats of paint. They also put uh, netting at the top of the tower so the birds can't nest there anymore and do what birds do all over the lighthouse. So you know, it was a, a very thorough job. I'm just wondering if we should tell people that in case they don't know, if, I don't know if you ever 
Do you ever get any new listeners, or does everybody know all this stuff already? I don't know, but no, but uh, you know, we never know um, listening, right? Just so, to let people know that we're talking about Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in Portsmouth, actually Newcastle, New Hampshire, near near very Portsmouth. Good. I was going to correct you. <laughs> yeah, on the right, thanks on the uh, New Hampshire seacoast, and you, of course, Ron, are also on the board of directors, so you've become very involved as well, which is great. All right. I mean, uh, last year uh, I got involved with it, and uh, what I did is what I do, which is the paranormal. I mean, I brought my own particular flavor of fundraising to the Lighthouse, which was uh, paranormal events. Right, which has been a huge boost. It really has. Uh, this We had a, a great year with, uh, with everything this year, but just the paranormal stuff alone brought in, what, $5,000 or thereabouts? Something yeah, like thereabouts. Yeah. So, um, and every time we do a paranormal paranormal related event at the lighthouse, it sells out. Okay. So, so what we're talking about is the Portsmouth Lighthouse, and of course, uh, that was featured on one of the Ghost Hunters show. I forget which one, but uh, one of them. Yeah, about two years ago. About two years ago, and in fact, you were the client at at that time. Yes. But since then, in fact, before then, actually. Uh, the um, lighthouse has been investigated uh, several times. Yeah, a bunch of times, actually, and we're kind of overwhelmed by all the requests from, from various groups wanting to investigate it. I don't blame them. I mean, it's a cool place. You know, yeah. how much more fun could you have than uh, spending a night at a lighthouse and uh, a fort right next to it, which is also haunted? So there's there's plenty to, to do there. Uh, and, you know, the Ghost Hunter show gets repeated all the time, so people are always seeing it, and uh, we try to accommodate these groups. Right, and, and, but it's yeah. getting to be a little difficult this time because there are so many, like you said, that that wants to. And uh, it, it's funny, though, I mean, you mentioned that, that the Ghost Hunter one gets repeated so many times, but uh, you've also done a couple other ones. I know one uh, I've seen, like, probably a trillion times on the Travel Channel about haunted lighthouses, and mm-hmm. you were on that one. And, yeah. you know, it, it used to be every time it was on, I used to, like, send you an email, I'll give you a call, but it was like, it's been on so much that I gave up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear it's funny, I hear from... Show. Yeah, that was like eight years ago. But um, uh, when that's on, I hear from people who say, oh, I saw you on TV last night, and they assume it was just done, you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that was... Uh, well, maybe seven years, I don't know, seven or eight years. And uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun to be involved with. I, I not only got to, uh, you know, get interviewed for that show, but I got to play the ghost in some of the scenes, which was pretty cool. Yeah, they put a uniform on me and had me, you know, look out to sea so that you don't see my face, you don't see who it is, but um, this this I, I keep looking for you, and I, I try to see which one you are, and I, I can't. I haven't seen the whole show in a while, but there's at least two shots where it's definitely me. There's one at Owl's Head Lighthouse in Maine where I'm looking at the sea at the top of the lighthouse, and you see me from oh, that's behind. Oh, cool. okay. It doesn't look like you. That's why. I mean, it's difficult. Yeah. I was much younger. And okay. uh, there's at, yeah, at Prospect Harbor Lighthouse in Maine, there's a shot of a, a mysterious shadow going up the stairs, and that's me, too. So. Oh. Yeah, that was cool. That was fun. They, they had to do it a bunch of times to get it just right, to get this creepy shadow moving up the stairs. It was fun, but uh, it was fun spending about a week actually with the crew from the Travel Channel and uh, getting some good food and uh, nice places to stay on the Travel Channel budget. You can't complain about that. Really? Yeah. But you live there, don't you? Mm-hmm. Don't you and, well, we there? went way up the main coast. I mean, so we were like 
five hours from my home. So. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting that, yeah. Yeah, a guy named it, George. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, that's all right. Don't be sorry. I was yeah, going to say, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you go, you go. The, the funny part about it, I just want to, this, it's really nothing, is that, you know, people think of the New Hampshire coast, and it's really like, you know, a stone's throw. You know, you can throw from one side of the coast to the other for the entire state versus the Maine, which goes up for hundreds of miles, is it? Uh, yeah. The, well, the main, I think the main coast, they say, uh, I don't know how long it is, like, from, you know, in a straight line, but if you count all the craggy coast and everything, if you measure everything, it's something like, uh, I think it's 750 miles, or, or is that really? short? Uh, it might be it's more than that. I'm thinking 750 miles and, and thousands of islands, and there's, you know, there's so right. much coastline. And a lot of lighthouses. In fact, there are only oh. two lighthouses on the New Hampshire seacoast. Right, which is only 18 miles. It's the puniest seacoast in America. That's, really? that's not a very good slogan, is it? I don't think they'll. Heck, yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll adopt it. No, I, I doubt it. <laughs> but, but, but the uh, interesting thing about lighthouses is, is, is there are so many ghost stories associated with them. Yes, there are. Yeah, there's. Yeah. seems to be endless. And, it's, you know, I'm always finding out more. Um, and if you spend enough time with any lighthouse, you'll find out about a ghost story in there somewhere. Right. I mean, when we did Ghost Today, which is a new book that came out in, uh, last September, yeah. uh, I think I have 10 lighthouse entries in it. Yeah. And, you know, that's just scratching the surface, but those were easily 10 to put in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting that, uh, you know, we talked about this before, how it seems like we have so many lighthouse ghost stories in this country, but like the, the U.K., you know, England, and so forth, they... Uh, don't seem to have so many, but I, I I think they do. I think it's just that they're maybe a little bit overshadowed by all the old castles and stuff like that they have, you know. So they don't right. hear people don't hear maybe as much about the lighthouses. But I I think uh, any like just about any old structure, you're going to find a lot of a lot of ghost stories associated with them everywhere. What's amazing in some of the uh, England, we think about our lighthouses. I mean, in the United States, we think about our lighthouses being old, which what two three hundred years old. At the oldest, I mean, Boston Light was the oldest, right? Is the oldest? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And how old was that? Uh, it was established in seventeen sixteen, and okay, the first so keeper I'm, drowned. Yes, I mean, so seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. So you know, a little less than three hundred years old. But some of the lighthouses in in the UK go back to Roman times. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple left from from that. At least pieces of them left from that time. You're right. But you also have the Eddie, you know, Eddie Stone light going back to the 1600s, and the first lighthouse on the Eddie Stone rocks off, off uh, the south coast of England fell over in a storm, and the guy who. Oh. Rising from the Grave. In his book, Scottish Body Snatchers, True Accounts, author Norman Adams paints several gruesome tales of premature burial and inadvertent rescue. Among them is the account of Maggie Dixon, who was hung in 1724 in Inverness, presumably for a self-induced abortion that she had attempted to conceal. 
Maggie was hung in the town square, and it is said that the hangman pulled and swung on her legs once the noose was tightened and the ladder was kicked out, just for good measure. She was cut down, apparently dead, and her body was put in a cart by her relatives to be taken home for burial. Along the way, the family and friends of the deceased Maggie stopped for a drink. While the mourners were inside the alehouse, Maggie regained consciousness. Her weak cries attracted help, and she was revived by a local surgeon. Later, she was granted her freedom and went on to live many years, being widely known as Half-Hanged Maggie. A similar tale is one from Aberdeenshire, where Marjorie Elphinstone was buried alive and roused from her premature eternal slumber by a grave robber who was trying to steal the rings from her fingers. And there is the story of the minister's wife, Margaret Halcrow. She was saved from an untimely fate when a sexton attempted to rob her grave and found her alive. Her husband was quite shocked to find her knocking on the door one evening. A terrifying tale from Varla Ventura's Book of the Bazaar, available now wherever books are sold. Okay, we are back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles, and we've lost Jeremy. Evidently, his line has been cut. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, and all you're getting is a recording right now? Not even, yeah. Are you on the air, by the way, or am I talking to myself? No, we're talking on the air. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck that was about? Because for those who don't know uh, the inner workings of uh, the uh, show is that Eric can sometimes talk to us, and we can only hear him. Isn't that correct? That is correct. And we call that sometimes the voice of God, because we can hear you, but our listeners can't. So when I was talking to you, I wasn't sure if I was talking to you on the air off you. Yep, you've got me. Okay. I guess John's going to have to call in from Florida and tell us about the Florida haunted lighthouses. <laughs> uh, who knows? Okay, let me try it again. Okay. So, anyways, yeah, yeah. Actually, John is in Florida, and and I know that one of them in my book uh, is. I'm trying to think of which one it was. Uh, it's it's the lighthouse. Uh, it's got to be way down by there the keys. <laughs> Hold on. Way down by the keys. And supposedly there was the Spanish that uh, killed uh, an Indian maiden there, and she kind of like wanders the place and haunts the lighthouse and everything. But I can't remember the name of that lighthouse, or if I get the story right either. Come and think right now. You back. Hi, Ron. <laughs> Blame it on, Com- on Comcast. I guess I shouldn't say that over <laughs> on on the show. But anyway, I don't know what happened. Suddenly I could, I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. Yeah, I'll blame it on uh, the paranormal. It's much better. Okay. Uh, what's this about a Spanish maiden and in, in, uh, something in well, maybe, you, maybe you know the story. In my book, uh, Maureen actually did a story, and it's about a lighthouse in Florida that's haunted by a uh, Indian maiden, I believe it is. She was killed by mm. Spanish. Do you know this one? No. I know that uh, a lighthouse in Florida was attacked by Indians, and uh, I believe a keeper was killed. A keeper? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if a Was woman. Was it a female keeper? No, no, man. Not, not it. I'm going to have to look this up now. You, you give me a job to do. Hmm. I'm trying to. It's bothering me. I'm trying to think of what what lighthouse it was. I will find out in a second because I am pulling the book out of the uh, box of books and doing hmm. it. Well, while uh, I'm looking this up, why don't you tell us a little bit? I know you have a couple of events that are coming up. 
Yeah, I do. Um, actually, the lighthouse, uh, I just realized, the one I'm trying to think of is Cape Florida Lighthouse, uh, where okay. Indians attacked. Okay. And I'm trying to think of one or two keepers were killed. But um, anyway, the, you know, it was set on fire. Um, yeah, uh, a couple of events coming up that relate to a very interesting historic event um, that some people listening may have heard of, a, a famous shipwreck that happened 300 years ago. We're about to have the 300th anniversary of one of the most Palatine? famous shipwrecks. What's that? No, no not the Palatine. No, no. Um, it's the uh, Nottingham Galley at Boone Island in southern Maine. Uh novel was based on it, Boone Island by Kenneth Roberts. And uh, it's uh, how, how, what a novel it? name. Hmm. What what a novel name. <laughs> yes, yeah, very clever of him to name it Boone Island, wasn't it? But anyway, it's a good book. Um, anyway, it's a very famous shipwreck. Uh, the thing that always gets people's attention with that shipwreck is that there was cannibalism involved with the survivors. Um, that's that's what everybody always thinks of. But um, there's a lot more to the story than that. But anyway, that's what that definitely gets people's attention. Um, but uh, ten ten men survived out of fourteen for about a month on this barren pile of rocks, eight miles off the main coast in December during storms and cold weather. And it's just you know it's incredible that they survived. And it's going to be the three hundredth anniversary. So a bunch of us uh, I'm working with the York Old York Historical Society in York, Maine. Oh yeah. We're going to have a commemoration on December eleventh, Saturday, December eleventh at one o'clock. At a place called Sawyer Park, it's S O H I E R, pronounced Sawyer Park in York, and that's where you go to see the famous Nubble Lighthouse. And uh, you can also see Boone Island Lighthouse, uh, eight miles offshore from there. So we're going to gather there, and hopefully it won't be. If it's a little stormy, that's okay. It'll you know be appropriate for the for what we're doing. But I hope it's not you know so cold we can't stand it. But anyway, uh, we'll uh, read from the book and uh, talk about the shipwreck and talk about the lighthouse, uh, which is under the American Lighthouse Foundation. We're also having a, a, a longer event on January 23rd at the York Historical Society. I, I can't tell you the exact place yet. We're still working on the details, but. Um, that's going to uh, include a nautical archaeologist who brought up can cannons from the wreck of uh, that from that shipwreck, and uh, we'll go into more detail about the uh, the shipwreck and the lighthouse and all that stuff. So that's going to be January 23rd in York. But watch, uh, um, maybe we'll get it on your website and uh, on uh, my website also, lighthouse.cc. What's your website again? Uh, my New England Lighthouses website is www.lighthouse.cc. Not .com, .cc. Do not put a .com on it. And why is it CC? Uh, because you're at a lighthouse, you look around, what do you see? The C. You CC. Uh-huh. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. You can groan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't even want to say what it really stands for because it's boring, but... Um, yeah, I also have a New England Lighthouse's blog and involved uh, some other sites as well. But that's my, my New England Lighthouse site I've had since 1997. Did you find the uh, story you're looking for? Oh, how do you know? I'm still looking through this book here. But I, I did find one about Ram Island Lighthouse. Do you know that one? Uh, yes, yes, I do, in Maine. Uh, yeah, the, that actually um, goes back to before there was a lighthouse there. Uh, they say that um, 
there was the, like a fisherman, <clears throat> local fisherman. They would they it was passed on to different fishermen over the years, but they would ha- hang a lantern on the island at, at night to help vessels, you know, from running into it. And uh, during a period when nobody was doing that, supposedly uh, there was some kind of spirit appeared to people. They, they described a female spirit holding a lantern that guided ships away from the rocks. <clears throat> I think that's the story you're referring to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Fisherman's Passage is the, the where the lighthouse was built. Yeah. It's near uh, near Booth Bay Harbor. Right. Yeah. I found uh, one, and that's not the one I was looking for. Oh, uh-huh. oh, Prescott Isle Lighthouse in uh, oh, yeah. Isle of Michigan. That's another ghost story. Yeah, that's the one that has a light, even though there's no light in it. Yeah, correct? you know what? Yeah, yeah. And of course, somebody came up and said, "Well, it's it's the reflection of a city," and da da da. But I don't know. Actually, that um, what's that show? Myth Mythbusters. I think it was yeah. then. They uh, they covered that and they found what they said was the reflection. Of course they did. Yeah. But can it be a reflection and still be sort of paranormal at the same time? Is that possible? Of course, absolutely it can. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's so perfect. I've seen the pictures. It really looks like that light is lit up, even though there's no no light of any kind in there. So it's pretty amazing that the reflection happens to hit hit it so perfectly, you know. There are actually a lot of mysterious lights in, in uh get to do with the paranormal is uh you know, all different I mean, for instance the Pukwajis, our famous Puk Uh oh are you hearing me? Uh oh. Yeah, we lost Ron. Hold We've on. lost Ron? <laughs> Hold Hello? On. Okay, we got it. Ron. Yeah. You're there. Okay. Am I, I back? Yeah, I couldn't hear you. I don't know if if anybody else was hearing you, but for a while there I wasn't hearing hearing. Oh, that's weird. Because there's actually a lot of uh stories about lights and the paranormal. Uh you know, there are there are supposedly phantom uh locomotives that you see the headlight from them. Uh there are lights like the puckwudgies that lure people into the uh, swamps and uh, so forth. And in England, across the world, there's these special lights. Uh, some people believe they're uh, swamp gas and whatever, but uh, uh-huh. there's a lot of lights that really can't be explained. Yeah. Well, and then there's UFOs. I mean, where's the line between those phantom lights and UFOs? You know, maybe there's some overlap there. Mm. Maybe. I, hey, I, I found in my book uh, this, this play, building called Portsmouth Lighthouse. Do you know anything about that? Portsmouth Lighthouse. Which Portsmouth Lighthouse? Uh, in my book, I found this chapter on Portsmouth Lighthouse. Do you know anything about that? Uh, I know a little bit about that, yeah. If you talked yeah. about Portsmouth Lighthouse in New Hampshire and not in England, right? In Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do so, know about So what that. do you know about the Portsmouth Lighthouse? It's haunted. <laughs> yeah, I... The interesting... Oh, we actually have to take a break. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. Uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles. We'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. 
Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official Classic Hits Countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswald and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2 1 Central on Toginet.com Craig Deswald is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside the box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition each high energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars for more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDoeswaltDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Doeswalt, Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Druggynet.com. Yeah, back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles with Ron Kolick and Jeremy Dontremont. And uh, the interesting thing, I found uh, another story about Minot Ledge White House situate. Yeah. Uh, I hope you don't mind if I correct you a little bit there. The Minot's, yeah, Minot's Ledge Light. Really? Yeah. But you can say you can say it however you want. I will. Um, okay, I know you will. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's a that's a, a interesting story. That the first lighthouse there fell over in, in uh, 1851 in a storm, and two young keepers in their 20s died when that happened. Well, there's an interesting story before you get into it. Yeah, you just yeah. say it fell over, but there's a reason it fell over because they uh, didn't want to spend the money. Yeah, that's pretty much that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. They uh, in those days are you know like for mo- much of I'd say the first half or a little bit more than that of the the 19th century, our government was all about saving money with lighthouses. They didn't want to spend the the money to build them right, you know. And, uh, in places like that, <clears throat> Minus Ledge is a, a rock that's basically completely underwater at high tide. And uh, what they really needed to do was to build a solid granite lighthouse similar to the famous Eddystone Light in England there. But instead, they uh, they didn't want to spend that kind of money, so they built a spindly lighthouse with, with uh, it looked like a spider with, uh, the, you know, quarters for the keepers up top. These long metal legs with a wooden, you know, uh, wooden keeper's quarters on the, the upper part and the lantern on top. And uh, the... the, the uh, architect who designed it said that it'll stand through anything because the waves will just sweep right through those legs. Well, didn't Damn. quite work that way. No, it didn't work out that way. No. Um, it only lasted a little over a year. The first keeper was terrified for his life. Uh, he quit in less than a year. His son was an ass- his assistant keeper, and they both quit. And the second keeper at first was confident, that, but then he said the same thing. He said it's not going to last, and he you know, kept saying they've got to do something. Uh, uh, their boat was swept away in a storm, and he, the keeper went to shore to get a new boat. And while he was on shore, this, another storm came in, and those two young guys were left alone. And uh, the light disappeared from shore. You know, the people looking out could see the, the light until around midnight, then no light. They heard the fog bell ringing frantically, and then nothing. And then uh, in the morning, just a few, 
you know, little bits of the uh, the legs of the the lighthouse just sticking out of the rock and nothing else. And uh, there's a lot yeah. of ghost stories associated with that. Yeah, yeah. people say they see. Uh, well, one of those two young guys who died was uh, from Portugal and spoke Portuguese. So this one of the stories is that people see this figure on the ladder on the side of the lighthouse, and, and especially in times when storms or you know rough seas are coming, and this figure will be yelling stay away or keep away in, in Portuguese. I don't know what that is in Portuguese, but, uh, and often when they describe that, the, the, it's been said that a lot of times people see just a, the re, like when they see the reflection of the lighthouse in the water, mm-hmm. everything okay? I just heard a crash or something there. You did? I, I, I may, I, maybe not. I thought I did, but <laughs> there's some kind of loud noise there. That was the um, lighthouse crashing into the... the that, maybe uh, that's it. Maybe I was hearing the... Uh, sound effects. Uh, voice from the past or something. But um, anyway, the people see the reflection of the guy on the ladder in the water, but don't actually see him on the ladder above the water. Uh, and um, But another interesting story is that one time, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, one time a keeper was in the lighthouse at night doing some work, and he kind of tapped his pipe on the table in front of him, like tap, tap, tap. And uh, a few seconds later, he heard the same thing come from somewhere else in the lighthouse, like imitating what he did, tap, tap, tap. And he summoned the other keeper who was sleeping and said, you know, why'd you wake me up? And uh, so he couldn't figure out who did it. And uh, after they, they did some research, they found out that the uh, those first keepers in that first lighthouse would tap on a stovepipe, you know, signals like codes to each other to uh, communicate between floors in the first lighthouse. So you can draw your own conclusions. There you go. But anyways, uh, let's go back to Portsmouth Lighthouse a little bit because that's one we both know well. Um, well. Last year we did some haunted ghost tours, which we are planning again this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, we uh, did three. We did three haunted tours, and we did a public ghost hunt as well. Right. They, all, they all sold out. And the, and the the ghost tours there were three per night, uh, and we did originally we had them an hour, and, and then we didn't realize there wasn't enough time. We kept moving it, so uh, I mean they're about an hour and a half tour now, and we do three a night, and it will be in I believe June, July, and August this year. I think so. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna pin down the dates, which we haven't done yet, but we'll. Or, you know, we we always have to work with the Coast Guard on these these. Uh these events because we are the lighthouse is on an active coast guard station so it's very uh you know we're very privileged to have permission to be on the station at night you know there is our security concern so you know they don't have to let us be on there at night but um exactly. you know, but they really went you know those events went really well this year and, and for those who want to see the, the lighthouse in the daytime there are also uh all last summer every sunday the lighthouse was open for uh tours yeah, it would be the same this summer, every Sunday from Memorial Day weekend at the end of May until Columbus Day weekend in October. Oh, I so, missed that meeting, so I guess it's still staying on Sundays then. Huh? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's been put on the website yet, that it's, but it will be the same in uh, 2011, uh, again, uh, every Sunday, 1 to 5, late May to mid-October. And it's fairly reasonable, too, right, price-wise, I think? We request, you know, nobody has to pay anything. If you don't have any money, we'll still give you a tour, but uh, we request... You're not to say that over there. <laughs> we request and we sincerely appreciate every donation. We request a, a donation of $4 for adults and $2 for children. And if you don't do that, then I give extremely dirty looks. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's that killed you right there. <laughs> but, I mean, and you can all, I mean, you go up the tower and everything else. It's a, it's a great tour, and 
it's a great uh, way to spend a Sunday afternoon, too. Yeah, we try to give people a, a fun time. You know, we sneak in some information, but we don't try not to overwhelm you with too much information. We tell you about some of the keepers who live there and so forth. And if people are interested in hearing about the ghost stories, we can certainly tell them about, about that. And a lot of people are interested. I've had people, uh, you know, come up to me and say, oh, I saw you on Ghost Hunters. What are what are Jason and Grant really like? But that's that's another story. We won't get into that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about the – now, you've had uh, – I know that we've investigated and the Ghost Hunters have investigated the place. And there have been quite a few other groups that, uh, if for a donation uh, – they are able to investigate if we can schedule it in, of course, because of the Coast Guard situation once again. But uh, what are some of the results, other than what the ghost hunters found and what we found, that some of these mm-hmm. other groups have found? What, what, what type of evidence? I mean, you've been to all of them, so you've had the feel of different groups working different ways and everything. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I would say there's two things that are probably the most common uh, that come to mind right away. A, or number one, is uh, EVPs. You know, there have been quite a few EVPs, and I would say most of the groups that have investigated have had some pretty good results, you know, along those lines. Um, In fact, there's an organization called Sauhegan Paranormal, S-O-U-H-E-G-A-N, from Maine, they did an investigation this past August, and on their website, they posted a very extensive uh, report, including a bunch of EVPs. I think they've got over 40 EVPs from that night on their website. Uh, and I would say a couple of them especially are, are really impressive. And one of them really <laughs> kind of freaked me out on a personal level because uh, – it sounds like somebody saying my name in the lighthouse. Well, why would that freak you out? I mean, what are spirits? Who are spirits? It's just people without bodies. So, I mean, they get to know people who go to the place all the time, and yeah, uh, well, I, I, that doesn't really freak me out. I mean, well, I you're used to it. <laughs> you're more used to it than I am. But uh, to hear a, a whispery voice, you know, I was there at the time. You know, in, when you hear this uh, this recording, you hear me talking and a couple other people in the lighthouse late at night. And in the middle of it, there's a whispery voice that was definitely not there at the time, you know, not heard audibly when we were there, uh, that sounds like, Jeremy. And it's it's pretty clear. <laughs> and it's weird. And there's another one that was recorded in the Keeper's House that night where, again, a few of us are talking, and there's a, a very weird voice that, when you first hear it, it almost sounds like a cat. Uh, it's like, you know, meow, meow. But then when you listen you listen to it really carefully, it, it, it sounds like a couple of syllables each time, and it, does, it really sounds like a human voice, but it's hard to tell if it's male or female. It's just a really weird voice. And uh, it's not, the the, uh, the group, they, they feel it's saying, Mary, Mary. Uh, there was a... Mary, uh, was, Mary, quite contrary. Yeah. Yeah. There's a wife of uh, a longtime keeper named, named Mary. There probably were other Marys who lived there over the years, too, but I'm not convinced that it's saying Mary, but it's it's a pretty weird uh, sound. So if people go to um, SauhegenParanormalInvestigators.com. I'm actually know. there now. I'm looking for this thing. Yeah, I just got on it myself. They, used, they had it on the left side of the page, but I don't see it there now. Let's see here. Unless, unless they've taken it. Oh, click on Investigations near the top. And... 
I think they've done a lot of the same places you have. The Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse is near the bottom of the list on the investigations page. But they've really? done Tenny Gatehouse, and uh, really? I'm sure you've done some of the same places. Um, did you find that? No, I haven't. On the top of the, their front page, did you go to, you got on? I've just noticed that we're on the page. <laughs> That's weird. Huh. So uh, on their the front page of their website, Sohegan Paranormal Investigators. Oh, yeah, here it is. Click on there it is. Invest, investigate, not paranormal investigating, but the word investigations, and then down I found bottom. it. I found it. Okay, oh. investigation of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. How many pages long is it? Yeah, like six. Oh and the EVPs are kind of sprinkled throughout the report. Then you can click on them. Um, see if I can find that Jeremy one, so I can tell you where that is. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe so you yeah, can. if anybody wants to, they can go to this website. Let me see if I can. Post on the uh, TojiNet chat room, so yeah, good idea. People can go to it. Uh, let me where it is. Try this. Yeah. There we go. Holy crap! Did that come out big? Mm. All right. Oh yeah, it's a long. Yeah. That takes you directly to it if you can <laughs> go to it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. But um, anyway, so like I said, uh, you know, they got a couple of really impressive EVPs. Other groups have gotten EVPs that have been, you know, some more impressive than others. Some I'm not convinced by that they're saying anything intelligible, you know. But the other, the other thing that's happened most often with most groups that have investigated, even if they don't get any physical evidence like EVPs or, or photo, interesting photographs or anything, there's almost always some interesting personal experience. Um, we had an investigation just a few weeks ago in October, and uh, a woman in the group. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to let me describe exactly how this happened. I was standing outside the lighthouse. Everybody was like right around the lighthouse at this point. This woman came out of the lighthouse and she said she just saw an apparition, and she had just been in, in the lighthouse on the, uh, the stairs, looking out a window towards the water. Toward actually, Fort Constitution is right next to the lighthouse. Right. There's a granite wall there. She swore that she saw, a, like a, she described it as a misty figure come out of the water and disappear into the wall of the fort, actually go like right through the wall. And not only, she not only saw it once, she swore she saw it twice, like a replayed itself, like a loop, like twice, exactly the same way. And a man in the group saw it the second time. She called him over, and he so he saw it, you know, the second time that she saw it. And he described the exact same thing, and they both said they, you know, I kept asking them, are you sure you didn't see a reflection on the window or something else? And they both swore that, you know, they saw a figure come out of the water. And other people, including the Coast Guard, have described a, a figure like along the water around there too, so it kind of kind of fit in. But um, besides that, that's kind of rare. We haven't had too many sightings, but um, a lot of personal experience, just very strong feelings especially in the uh, in, in the lighthouse, but maybe more so in the fort, Fort Constitution. And I did hear the Mary Mary one. Oh, okay. It's definitely weird. Isn't it? Mary, Mary. <laughs> it's really, it kind of, I've gotten chills listening to that a couple of times. You know, I have to give him credit. This, this is a very good uh, page. Uh, they, you know, really, they, they, they really put some effort into it. Absolutely. Yes, they they really did. I was impressed by this group. Yeah. Um. But um. 
anyway, uh, people have had these personal experiences, including me. Um, in fact, during uh, not this investigation, but another one close to it in August, I had probably my strongest person, personal experience in the fort. There's a part of the fort that I know you know well, Ron, the North Sally Port. Right, named after Sally Port, who invented the English muffin. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, think I've heard that. I think I've heard that too many times now, but it's still it's, I can't I, I can't help but I, I I have to laugh when I hear that. But anyway, do um, you learn that on the internet, right? So we know it's true. I correct. learned it. You know it's true, right? Right. Okay. Anyway, the North Sally Port is a little tough. I, I, well, let me stop you right there because I I I did a lecture at uh, Northern Essex and. Uh, we were talking about sources and finding things, and I, I says, you know, the, the Internet is uh, a good source, but, you know, you just cannot take everything you get from there. And I always told, and I told that story, and they just thought it was so funny. <laughs> right. It, yeah, you, could, you can easily start, you know, plant something on the Internet and watch it grow. It's funny. Not that I would do that, but... Um, but I've seen it happen where mistakes are picked up and, you know, and Oh, yeah. I mean, people, people will take the same page and, and do it over and over again uh, in their website, and then it becomes truth, even though right. it's not necessarily. It's like Wikipedia. You know, everybody thinks that Wikipedia is, uh, you know, a, a reliable source, but it isn't. I mean, it's a good mm-hmm. guideline, but it isn't. Yeah, I wouldn't trust it as a, as a sole source for anything. No. You know, you got to find, find something else to back it up. but. Um, anyway, so in the, the North Sally Port, this little tunnel in the fort uh, this past August, uh, some of the people in this particular group that were investigating felt strong, like a strong physical, a lot of people have felt have strong physical reactions in that tunnel. And, and this night, these two people felt very strongly that there was a, there was a, some presence there. Um, and they were both dowsing. The uh, woman was using a, a pendulum and the guy was using dowsing rods. And they were asking yes or no questions and getting what seemed to be very strong responses. And I was standing near them, and the woman said uh, that she felt it was really, really strong. She suddenly got a bad headache and felt it, you know, like all through her, that there was a strong presence. And seconds after she said that, I felt almost like something rushed into my chest. I felt it in my chest, and it kind of doubled me over and almost made me sick. It's by far the strong. I told you about this before, Ron, didn't I, or not? Maybe not. Well, you told me some of the different things. Yeah, but um, it was incredible. I, you know, um, I know what I felt. I know it wasn't my imagination. I know um, it just it came really suddenly, and uh, I felt pressure in that tunnel before, but I never felt anything like that. So, um, and I went right along with what what they were saying. So. Uh, there's something to it, and in fact, the last investigation we just had a few weeks ago, or in the beginning of the night, I, I, I told the group, you know, I, I really recommend that you go in that tunnel, but I don't want to tell you too much about it before you do. Right. So right at the start of the night, they all went into it, and one guy almost got sick, and, and um, several of them said they felt really strong feelings in there. And during one, another one of our investigations this summer, um, a guy in the group, a young guy, uh, was shaken up because he said he felt a hand on his neck in that tunnel, like trying to choke him. Really? And later, later in the night, another young guy in the group felt a hand on his neck and read, you know, the the sentry room, which is right around the corner from there, right. uh, in the front part of the fort. Uh, he felt a, a hand on his neck, and he actually, I saw him like five minutes later, and he was almost crying. He was really shaken up by it, and he had like a welt, a red welt on his neck. So, um, you know, there's 
to be something going on there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And just for, for people who don't know, uh, it's, if people have seen the Ghost Hunter show or read about this, know, but there was a, um explosion in the fort in 1809, July 4th, 1809, where 10 people were killed. And a lot of people link these, you know, apparitions or whatever, whatever's going on in there to that, that explosion. I don't think that some of them are, I'll tell you the truth. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I really don't. Uh, but anyway, so if anybody wants to call in, by the way, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Or if you have a question in the Tojanet chat room, uh, please, uh, you're welcome to do it that way as well. So anyway, yeah, I don't think all the spirits are, are directly associated with the, the lighthouse. I mean, they tend to be... Uh, assume that they are, but I, I really don't. I really think there are some other spirits that uh, really have nothing to do with the lighthouse. Or fort. Or the, or the explosion, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the explosion and, and past lighthouse keepers, that's what you always get, or, or uh, lighthouse keepers' wives. I mean, that's basically what everybody says. Oh, it's got to be this, got to be this. But uh, I, I think there are other spirits there that... Uh, People are assuming that they are, and that they're not necessarily. Or they may even be deceiving, believing that they are. Uh, but uh, yeah, there are definitely other spirits there, I believe, as well. Related to shipwrecks, maybe. And not necessarily shipwrecks. I mean, we all we always like to, you know, say, okay, it's on the water, so it's got to be the shipwreck. It's got to right. be the lighthouse. Got to be with that explosion. But there are there. I mean, there are. Uh, you know, think of all the thousands and thousands of people who have, have died in their region. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, it, you know, it's not necessarily uh, they're associated with that particular spot. And, and you know, there could be even deaths associated way before it was ever a, a fort or ever, ever a lighthouse was there. Right. Well, it's been almost 400 years of a fort there, so you've got a lot of, you know, a lot of human history. A lot of people have come and gone, and there's, you know, plenty of... Um, People that lived right around the fort, and uh, you had Native Americans long before that. So, and, and there's also theory too that that you can get hitchhikers, and that's what people who go to visit those places have spirits attached to them, and uh, sometimes they don't want to go, so they don't, and they'll hang around, mm-hmm. which is pretty weird too. But we, there's so much we really don't know. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Well, if I was going to be a ghost. Uh, hanging around somewhere, you know, uh, that's a pretty pretty nice place to hang around, I think. I, I'd you pretty know. much be at the Playboy Mansion. Well, <laughs> yeah, I suppose, given that choice, I, I think I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. <laughs> but anyways, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, there are people think that, you know, ghosts are just like, uh, you know, they're harmless or whatever. I mean, but some of these spirits that are around were, you know, pretty nasty when they were alive, and they really haven't changed a hell of a lot when they, they die, too. So you do have that particular uh, thing. I mean, I, I know I ran, remember running into one family that was tormented by actually a, a peeping Tom spirit. Hmm. Always, when the woman took a shower, you used to always look in on her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes along with your Playboy Mansion. Uh, it does, comment. right. So that would probably be me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. Anyway, um, 
I do want to mention a special event we have coming up in December, and, and I know I, I'm going to almost time's running out, and I'm going to forget if I don't mention it now, so I'll kind of break this thought for a minute. On December 22nd, we will be broadcasting live at the uh, Service of Wisdom in Andover, and it's going to be a pretty, pretty neat affair. We're going to be uh, uh, have Elizabeth Foley, who's an angel expert. We're going to talk about little angels and about angels and uh, Christmas, which is kind of goes together. We also have Dorothy Morgan on, who's going to do the uh, astrology forecast for the upcoming year. We're going to ha- uh, have uh, snacks there and stuff to come on down, and uh, we'll also be collecting uh, socks for the homeless. And this is kind of a, a, a neat charity that's near and dear to my heart. My mom uh, just passed away about two months ago. She was 98, but she used to always collect socks uh, for the homeless. That was kind of her uh, project that she always was involved in. So I decided to uh, make the event special for her in memory of her as well. So I'll be collecting socks because, uh, you know, when you're out in the streets and you have a warm pair of socks or a good warm pair of socks is, you know, uh, invaluable to you. True. Yeah. So, I mean, those are those little things we, t- we take for granted, but uh, a pair of socks is, is, you know, is extremely important to a, a homeless person. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, on this, so, and also we'll be giving out uh, prizes, and it's going to be a good old time. So, come on down. That'll be December 22nd, uh, 7 o'clock at the uh, Circles of Wisdom in Andor. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I was just doing some, uh, doing a little Googling looking for Thanksgiving ghost stories. Do you know any good, know any good uh, Thanksgiving ghost stories, Ron? Uh, since we got about three minutes left in the show, I don't even think we have time to tell it. Oh, okay. <laughs> But no, I, I don't. I, I I did the uh, last newsletter and and uh, the one in November, and the story I put in there was one that actually happened to me, and it was uh, when I did my radio show from WCCM in Lawrence, and back in the early days, that was a long time ago, and uh, somebody called in, and we were talking about animal spirits, you know, whether ghosts have souls and so forth. Mm. And he told me he had moved into this house next to a, uh, a defunct turkey farm, and he'd woken up several times by turkeys cackling. <laughs> there was no turkeys, and uh, it happened so often. And finally, one one night he, he was woken up by it, and he looked out the window, and uh, it, was, it just had a new snow down, and... He uh, didn't say anything. He went back to sleep. He woke up the next morning, went out in the backyard, and there were all turkey tracks in the snow. <laughs> it started from nowhere and ended with nowhere. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, so that's that's my little turkey story anyway. Yeah. I just hope I don't hear gobbling while I'm eating turkey tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it always reminds me of the cat. But anyways, oh, also when... Um, and January 15th, we'll be doing another ghost hunt at the uh, in Magnolia in Gloucester, which is a cool place. Mm. Uh, yeah, we did our Halloween bash there, which was a lot of fun. We did the time walk dance. I'm still trying to edit that, trying to get into edited beta. That, well, that was fun. But, uh, yeah, it's a cool place. Uh, a lot of interesting things happen there. So, uh, that's on the 15th. That'll be up on the uh, website soon. So, anyways, if you're interested in becoming a member of Portsmouth Lighthouse, and we are looking for new members, uh, 
how how would they do that, Jeremy? They can go to uh, PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org, and uh, they can can donate or become a member or just, you know, keep up on our events. You can get on our email list to uh, hear about events, including our haunted tours and ghost hunts and all that stuff. So we'd love to hear from people. Oh, yeah. And the one thing about, I mean, we're only doing three of these a, a year, uh, the uh, ghost tours, and only one ghost hunt per year. So uh, they fill up quick. So if I were you, I would keep, if you're interested in going, it's definitely... Uh, uh, keep an eye on that website and sign up as soon as possible on it. Yeah, people get on our email list. They'll they'll know as soon as we uh, announce the dates for those. They'll be the first to find out. Yeah, so there you go. That's the. And Jeremy uh, has several books out, including the Lighthouse Handbook and. Uh, my latest one was Great Shipwrecks of the Main Coast, which is a good book, by the way. I have that. Which, which includes a chapter on the Nottingham Galley we were talking about earlier, Boone Island. 300th anniversary is about to happen. And I'm going to be writing one on Cape Cod shipwreck soon. And I'm going to be writing a book on Oceanborn Mary, which is something that might be of interest to some of your... your there you go, which, which is a paranormal story. So anyways, we've got to wrap it up. So, Jeremy, thank you so much for spending your uh, evening with me, and thank you for listening, everyone, and good night and God bless. Adoption, Journey to Motherhood, with Mary Beth Wells. Monday mornings at 9, 8 a.m. Central. This is not your typical show about adopting children. This is a shared experience.